right, everybody, welcome back to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast. I'm Devin Davidson, your host. With me, my co-host, Bruce Gunther. Bruce, how are things? Good. Good. And uh, joining us again and uh, on a permanent basis is John Enns. John, welcome back for the show. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice to be here. Like the jersey? Thanks. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> Big win tonight. Yeah, no, I was uh, definitely excited on that one, and it'll be a fun one to talk about. Yes, for sure. Um, I think we're all kind of happy to see that series live up to the hype, as opposed to Colorado going up three or four nothing, or you know, three nothing, or sweeping the series. So that's yeah. that's good to see Vegas make a series of it. Um, this is our tenth episode, so a little bit of a milestone for a podcast here. Um, so well done, guys. We're we're hanging in there, still talking about hockey. Um, I guess we'll start off with some hockey news this week. So the Canadians, um, they won game seven and went on to the second round, which um, if you're a Leafs fan, you're not very happy, right? That was kind of the topic of, at the water cooler this week was, was what do you do with the Leafs, right? Unbelievable. They lose another game seven. Like I think on the, on the podcast last week, Bruce, I said they can't lose another game seven, right? And, <laughs> yep. You know, a week later, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> they they can and they did. Wow, crazy. Um, yeah, Brendan Gallagher, Corey Perry, and Tyler Foley. Tyler Toffoli scored for the Habs, and uh, you know who didn't score in Game Seven? Austin, Austin Matthews. Matthews. Austin Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch so, Marner. Mitch Marner. Well, now First everybody's line. running him out of town, right? Ooh, no kidding. I mean, I guess when you get paid ten and a half million dollars a season, you're expected to do something. But anyway, um, so now, I mean, I'll, I'll jump ahead a bit here. It, the Canadians, like, did did anyone kind of see this playing out the way it has so far? Pick me, yeah, I Bruce. I guess you'd be the one guy, right? <laughs> like, I there's a few people out there, I guess. But mm-hmm. wow, man, oh man, I was. Not expecting it to be this much of a landslide. I was thinking it would be close, but not to the extent that it is playing out to. Yeah, surprising. Like, well, again, they won tonight, right? So 5-1, I think, was the final score. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Crazy. Yeah, they're they're just making a mess of teams. It's and, it, and, they're, and they're not doing anything fancy, right? It's just tight checking, opportunistic. Like, they've got... In the winner pictures, they've got a shorthanded goal a game. They got two yeah. shorthanded goals tonight. Like it's yeah, and and that was a nice goal. Who scored that one on on the? I think it was the first shorthanded goal. Um, um, was it Armia? Trey Lekkinen? Or is it Lekkinen? Or Armia? Armia. Yeah, sorry, I think it was Armia. Bruce was one. Was one or the other? I can't remember yeah. which one. Yeah. Yeah. Armia. No, they they look good. Um, and Carey Price has looked good too, right? So that's. All right, we'll talk about him a bit more, but um. Yeah. Yeah, I've been really impressed with him and, and the Habs as a whole. So, no, they um, played well. They lost Petrie yeah. tonight, though. Yeah, well, something with his thumb, right? Did it get it caught in the glass or something? Caught in the camera hole. Yeah. yeah. Ouch. Yeah, it looked so. uh, looked like I hurt when I saw it. So, uh, he'll he'll be throw back. Band aid on game. it. He'll be fine. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. He'll throw a band aid on it. He'll be back. <laughs> He's not, He's not going to miss this. No, absolutely not. Um. Okay, we'll move on here. Uh, you know, this is from May 31st. So just a note I made. The Islanders tied up that series. Um, you know, they're, they're, it's now two apiece, right? We kind of thought um, the Bruins were going to steamroll these guys. Doesn't appear to be the case. They're headed for game five tomorrow, I believe, uh, back in Boston. Uh, Bruce, you, you were just talking before the show. Maybe you want to mention uh, those, those shot stats, those shot numbers. Oh yeah, how uh, well? Granted, it was on the this isn't the game was in Nassau, right? So they said with McAvoy, Pasternak, Marchand, they were getting outshot like the outshot like thirteen to five. The Islanders were out shooting the Bruins. It was it was amazing. Like, like yeah, like I, I I thought the game was. I only watched a bit of the game. I thought it was fairly close. But when you look at those numbers after the game, it's like, well, holy cow, was Boston early in that game? Like, holy cow, like no, it's strange because I. They played so well previously, but man, did the Islanders worked them over in that game. But Islanders are another team like Montreal, right? They have their system and they play to their strengths, right? And if they can, they can get the lead or the upper hand. It's tough to score and it's tough to 
they're hard to play against. So, well, they've got goaltending. I mean, I guess everybody yeah. does at this point, but you know, between Varlamov and, and Sorokin, you've got two really capable goaltenders there. Yeah, and Rask, Rask has been good for them as well. So that, for Boston, so yep. it's, yeah, these are these are fun games to watch. Yeah, this is why we love watching the playoffs for sure. Yeah, um, Gary Bettman upheld Kadri's eight game suspension. <laughs> I don't think that anyone's surprised by that. No, no, that, that wasn't a tough decision at all. And I, you know, with his history and stuff, I mean, I don't, I don't think that was going to get changed. I, I don't think Gary Bettman has ever um, overturned a decision, right? I, I don't think he has. No, he hasn't. Uh, I don't think he's much for making decisions. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, those ones. Not like <laughs> not those Kadri, ones. It's not like Kadri has much of a case to to get it no. reduced. It's like it was not pretty. Pretty, pretty blatant, pretty open. Frankly, I would have given him an extra game just for trying to fight it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, here's nine. You can have nine games now. <laughs> no chance. Okay. Well, since we're talking about the Department of Player Safety and uh, goons on the ice, Ryan Reeves <laughs> received a two-game suspension for his actions during game one of the Vegas-Colorado series. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. Like, George Peros and the Department of Player Safety kind of have their head up their ass for the most part. Um, <laughs> they gave him two games. Like the guy was just out there to hurt people late in a blowout. Right. I, yep. yeah, I thought they could have sent a bit more of a message than a two game suspension, but mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Whatever, whatever their logic they're using, the rest of us have no idea what it is. No, it, it's, it's, it's a tough. guessing game, right? It's a guessing game. That's exactly it. All right. Um, June 1st, the, uh, well, again, we're we're catching up here from week uh, the week past, but uh, the Lightning jumped out to a two nothing series lead. Um, they're now up three one in that series with a chance to close out um, on Tuesday night. Um, so I, I think we all expected that series to be close, but what, you know, what have you guys th- thought of of what you've seen so far of that series? I'll call uh, Carolina's lost three of their three of their starting roster, right? So they've lost. Niederreiter, Trocek, and and Fogel now are missing. And uh, at this point, I didn't uh, I didn't catch any of the last game, but just looking at the highlights, it just kind of looked like Tampa was toying with them. Now it's like yeah. it, it's yeah. We was hoping this would be a series that would go six or seven games, but now it looks like this is. I don't think it's going to be too much trouble for Tampa to put these guys away in the next game. There's just too too many of them. They just come in waves, right? Like. Kucherov yeah, and Stamkos and like yikes, it's just. And one yeah. thing I was wondering about, sorry, John, um, like they they've gone, they went from Nedeljkovic to Mrazek, and then Mrazek got scored on for five or six. Yeah, if you're the coach, yeah. are you now going to go back to Nedeljkovic for this this elimination game? I I'd probably would you. I'd stay with Mrazek. Oh really? Yeah, I'd stick with. I, I, I go to Delkovich myself. I, I agree with you, John. But I think I as a think coach, as like a, as a veteran coach, he's probably going to go back to Mrazek. I think, Bruce, you're probably mm-hmm. right, but I would go with yeah. Delkovich on this next game. Yeah, it, it depends, right? So it's an elimination game. The reason why I would go with Mrazek is he's, he's been here before, right? The, last year. So he played for them down through the through last year for him. So I'm just thinking he's got the experience. He knows what it's going to be where Novak Delkovich doesn't have that experience as of yet, so lean on the veteran. And he's he played like other than the couple of goals that I those the highlights I watched. I don't Morazic didn't really have much of a chance on a few of those, so it's right. you could hardly pin it pin them on him. So I would just be thinking to jumpstart the guys, right? Like, okay, we we got yeah. beat six four. Like we're gonna throw the rookie back in. Um, we've seen other teams have success with rookie goaltenders. The Islanders, right? Case in point. Yeah. Um, you look back to like Cam Ward in 2006. He went all the way to the cup final. Um, like it, it can happen, right? You can put rookies in, they can perform. And I just think sometimes if it's not working, you got to shake it up. So that'd be my thought process, but uh, we'll see soon enough. Uh, other bit of news here. The draft lottery was held um, on the second. So now we know the order is going to be Buffalo with the first overall pick, um, followed by Seattle, Anaheim, New Jersey, 
Columbus, Detroit, San Jose, LA, Vancouver, Ottawa, Chicago, Calgary, Philadelphia, Dallas, and New York, uh, the Rangers. So, you know, it kind of sounds like the guy to take is, um, is it Owen Power? Big six foot six or six foot seven defenseman? That's what the media is saying. But if you look at some of the guys on uh, social media, they've got him, they've got Power ranked like in seventh or eighth. So I, I, I hardly know anything about him, so I'm just reading the rankings as as I see him on here. But yeah, John, what do you yeah. think? That's the thing with this year; it's kind of different than all the other years or all the years lately. That there's really no true number one, number two player out there. So yeah, these guys can go anywhere in the top ten, and really nobody knows where each player is going. Yeah. So if you're if you're the GM in Buffalo, like, are you trading down or considering trading down? And trying to acquire some more assets. Well, Buffalo has got what already for? Because I mean, you could pick up a guy like Owen Power, and you're pretty much set on D between yeah. Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power, uh, Rasmus Erstelainen. Yep. It's a good young so core it, there, but mm-hmm. yeah. like in the twenties. So for the upcoming draft, Buffalo has their first round pick. They've got two second rounds. Three third rounds, a fourth, two fifths. Sorry, one fifth, two sixth, and their seventh. So they got lots of picks. And then depending what they get for, uh, if they decide to trade Reinhardt or if they just actually tried to decide Eichel, right? They'll they'll have a nice uh, they'll have a nice batch of picks here in the drafts coming up. Depending on what happens with a few of their players, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Anyway. Um, I wouldn't be afraid to trade down in a case like this to try and get some help. You know, some some guys that are NHL proven, ready to come in and, and help the team. Um, that fan base in Buffalo can only put up with it for so long, right? Yeah. And I guess for Buffalo too, it's, they've got to find out who actually wants to be there and who doesn't, right? So yeah. if Reinhardt wants out and Eichel wants out, like there's been rumors about Russell Linen for how many years now that he had? Wants to oh, get yeah. out, so yeah. Like, well, some of those guys, guys need to change. Gonna, all right? those guys will bring back, right? Because well, Reinhardt's an RFA. Ristolainen has another year, so he'll bring a. So he's still under contract, it, and Eichel's got a huge contract, so he'll get. I'll go. Whoever gets Eichel will probably have to sign off on his next surgery because I don't know if he's gonna. From what I've heard, he's not backing down on his surgery option, so. Yeah, whatever team acquires him will have to go along with whatever. Okay, well, I guess we'll see. Um, the draft is not too far away. So, uh, the other bit of news here that I read: Michael Russo of the Athletic reporting that uh, the Wild are believed to have offered Kirill Kaprizov an eight-year contract extension with an AAV of eight million dollars. Um, Apparently, Kaprizov may be looking for more per season and or a shorter-term contract. Um, We've talked about Kaprizov lots on the show, Bruce. I I know Mm -hmm. he's a guy you like, John. I think you said the same thing. Like, it's kind of his to lose the Calder this year. Um, I don't like it. (laughs) No, but $8 million is a lot for a, a kid that's come over and he's played one season. Like, granted, it's been a phenomenal season, but... I don't know. I'd be more inclined to give him a shorter term contract. Yeah. Just, you know, to see what he can do first. Right. Oh, for sure. I, I think eight million for eight, eight years is way, I think too long for $8 million for him. Um, I'd be trying more for like a, a six, six and a half. Yeah. I yeah. We'll something more, more manageable. Right. Yeah. Like we're in a flat well, cap still. Right. Yeah. I think if they can, if they can get Kaprizov signed to it, if they, if he, if they would have got him to sign this, uh, reported deal, I think it's going to be a lot like Dreisaitl's deal. You're going to look back mm-hmm. on it in a few years, and it's going to be a steal. Yeah, if they if they can and get him signed to this, I think it'll be a steal going forward because it's his first year, so he's just getting his feet wet in the NHL, and we saw what he did, right? So now that he yeah. knows he can prepare better, and I think he'll even be better, and he'll be better next year. No, that's that's a good comparable, Bruce, because people were kind of up in arms about Dreisaitl getting eight and a half at the time that yeah. he did. But now Peter Shirelli looks like a genius. Like that's the one case where Peter Shirelli looks like a genius. Yeah, because um, his contract looks fantastic now, right? 
Yeah. And I think if that's, and I think that's, or maybe it's just something that got put out there, right? So we know he's going to win the Calder. So is that going to help maybe bump that salary up? Yeah, maybe he wants some more. But if he's going to go a shorter term contract, then that's $8 million is probably going to have to go up. I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, he might want to just win the Calder, come back next year, score 50, and then let's negotiate <laughs> after next season or the year after. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, time will tell. That's interesting. Yeah, I think my problem is I still look at him just being 24 years old already in his in his first season. So yeah. to me, he's already, um, his body's come out to what it's going to be. And I guess as long as he... Uh, like Bruce says, if he prepares properly and is gets ready for a second season, then he it'll be interesting to see what he does next year. Yeah. Well, too, and he's a restricted free agent too, so it's yeah. And it says here he does not because he's not accrued a number number of games. They nobody can offer sheet him, so <laughs> that'd have been something, right? If you'd had enough games, someone oh, offer sheet him out of Minnesota. Oh boy, <laughs> brutal. We're not seeing many of those right now, right? No. Where's Kevin Lowe when you need him? <laughs> Pushing papers somewhere. Oh, wait, he wouldn't. No, he'd probably offer sheet. Uh, no, he wouldn't go after Kaprizov. He'd go. He'd probably trade for uh, Parise. <laughs> no, he would just, uh, he'd go after Malkin. He'd just piss off Berkey again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, Moving on. So the next thing I had here was Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Austin Matthews were nominated for the Ted Lindsay Award. Uh, the MVP is voted on by the players. That's generally the award I think that the players care most about, right? If you if you talk to any of those guys, they'll they'll tell you the heart obviously is is a more prestigious award, I guess, but it's voted on by the, the Professional Hockey Writers Association and the media, right? Like it's the guys they care about what their their peers think. And so this one's important. Um who do you guys have? Like John, go first. Who do you got winning this award? I I, <laughs> I got Connor McDavid winning this award. Um, to me, it's really not even close. But uh, yeah, like you said, it's it's the one that the players care about. They they want to know that the rest of the league feels that they are the the best player in the league. Um, there's nothing like getting a compliment a compliment from your from your friends, enemies, and and everything else. So. It's, yeah, uh, it's great when the media gives you a pat on the back, but when the guy's sitting next to you on the bench and across the across the ice or yeah, doing the same yeah. thing, it means a lot. Yeah, especially when, yeah, going about going out against the guys uh, guys on the other team there, and just having them ha- having that feeling, knowing that they think that you're also top dog, is yeah. just there's just something nice about that. Okay, Bruce, I had Connor McDavid too. I like John. It's like I, I just don't think it's even close, right? So. Yeah, we're, we're all in agreement. So yeah. After putting up 100 points or 105 points, it was, I think, right? Yeah. In 56 games. Like, he had a historic season. Anyway, you look at it. And yes, Crosby had a good year. Austin Matthews had a great year winning the Rocket Richard. But yeah, this one shouldn't be close. If it's not unanimous, I will be shocked. Um, Let's get into the Shifley hit. So June 2nd, he throws a what I would call a dangerous hit, a dirty hit on Jake Evans. Um, we're kind of wondering how many games he's going to get. Bruce, I think if you recall, I, I said three or four games, right? That was that was yeah. my... Right away, I said, well, he's not going to get eight like Kadri. He doesn't have a history. He's not typically that type of player. But uh, he did get a four-game sus- suspension. Is that severe enough in, in either of your opinions? I think so. I don't... Uh, at the way... Vegas, or with the Vegas... The way Winnipeg is playing now, his... Uh, Fifth game is going to be the first game of next season. I, yeah, I guess I it won't matter, uh, right? After what we know now, I don't. Uh, I don't see Winnipeg winning tomorrow, e- even if uh, Petrie is out for Montreal. I, I just don't see Winnipeg winning tomorrow. They just don't. They just don't have it in the series. Not against. Not against Montreal, uh, and like the the hit itself. Like doing a lot of reading and stuff like that. They talk to a lot of players, like back in the early 90s when that would have been no problem with that hit they said yeah it's it's a it's a heavy hit right so it still follows within the within the rules but what the thing they said too is that hit can't happen with the way the NHL is played now that hit can't happen now 
And they just just a reminder to Evans that uh, keep your head up because there are still players out there that are still willing to play old time hockey, right? But yeah, everyone well, agreed a- that that the hit has to be out and that the punishment is is severe enough to send that message because, like you said, Shifley had no history. Like he's never even had a fine or anything, right? So nothing to, to give him four games for that. That's that's huge, right? So well, especially the way they weight the games in the playoffs, right? Like they say, yeah. Brian Burke. I, I've mentioned this before, but he says basically one game in the playoffs is like two or three in the regular season. Yeah. So if you look at it, like that was basically a ten ten game suspension for Shifley in the regular season. Yeah. Like they they took it pretty seriously, right? Yeah. And um, from what I read too, they had told because Shifley had said he was making he was making a play, right? And well, obviously they didn't believe him. They had, they had, from what I've read, they told him if you would have actually made an attempt to play the puck, his suspension probably would have been a game or two. But yeah, since they didn't believe he actually made an attempt to play the puck, that he was just he had his mind made up, he was going to go in there and blow up Evans, and that's why he got four. In in Shifley's defense, I will say, I think he started off like he's a he was a frustrated player in that game, but I think he started yeah. off back checking to try and make a defensive play. I think it started out that way, right? Yeah. And you do see him glide in. Like it was top of the circle, maybe the hash marks, he started to glide. So he he wasn't charging the whole way. But at a certain point, he knew Evans had the puck in the net and he just said, you know what? I'm just going to blow him up. I don't even care. The game's done. And he just made a poor decision in that split second. And like we've talked about, you know, the three of us, you could see him looking from down the hallway, right? He he looked back and you could tell he had, he knew he just messed up. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I think I that, uh, John. What were your thoughts? Like you, we've talked. Yeah, we talked about it uh, when I first saw the hit. Yeah, I thought it was horrible. Um, but yeah, looking back at it again, he does glide in there. Yeah, he definitely could have made a play on the puck with his stick, but obviously his motions were running pretty high there and couldn't quite keep him in check. And yeah, he just lit him up. One thing I thought too, like. Um, 31 thoughts, right? Um, Jeff Merrick and, and Elliot Friedman had talked about it. Both can be true that, you know, a Shifley should have played the puck or, or let up and B Jake Evans should have had his head up. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. That is true. When you're playing in the NHL, you have to know someone can come around the net and annihilate you. And yep. Jake Evans, I know he's trying to put the puck in the net. He's trying to score. You don't want to blame the victim, but man, oh man, he should have had his head up. And as a result, it was a lot worse than it maybe should have should have been. Yeah, and, and the gist I got for most of it is the suspension isn't really because of the hit; it's more because of his decision to hit, That's as right. opposed to the hit itself. Because if if you look at the hit itself, he had his shoulders tucked in, like yeah. it was. It's, yep. It looked like a like if you're watching, it looks like a, te- a textbook heavy hit, right? So he didn't. There was no head contact. His feet didn't come off the ice until after he had made contact. Like it, yeah. That's a solid hit, right? It's just the mm-hmm. fact that it took 180 feet for him to to do it. So, yeah, I, st- I still don't like the hit. Don't get me wrong, right? But when you dissect yeah. it a million different ways, like we've done and like the media's done, you know, you can see both sides of this thing. Yeah. So, yeah, they don't they don't want hits like this, right? Because one Evans wasn't wasn't looking right. So, in part, yeah, that's part on him but part on two they're supposed to be looking out for each other out there not to injure them right and at that point Shifley decided he didn't care he's going to light this kid up and right now he's well so press box you know on that point we should probably mention that Nikolai Ehlers you know a good show of sportsmanship made sure that uh the scrum didn't land on top of Jake Evans right I thought that was really cool like I I really like Ehlers um you know from, from a real hockey perspective and from a fantasy perspective, he had another great season this year himself, but to see that in the playoffs, right? Like you're the game's over and, and you're, you're looking out for your fellow player, right? Like you're, yeah. that, that was really cool. I, I thought that was, that was neat. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't go, it didn't go unnoticed throughout the league either that he did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, okay. So anything else guys on the, on the Shifley hit? I think we've de- I think we've debated I, that thing to death already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, I guess I'll I'll segue then with that into the the Lady Bing nominees. Um, 
So Austin Matthews, Jacob Slavin, and Jared Spurgeon were nominated. Um, I, I haven't dug too much into this one. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Like, I think if you're looking at this statistically, Matthews will probably win it based on point production and the media, but I, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I don't know. You had, you've got a forward in there with two defensemen. I'm thinking if you're going to give a Lady Bing trophy to a gentlemanly player, it's like, how can a defenseman be in this in this anyway, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, if you're going to give it to the person that's that, it's it's if you've got defenseman in here. I think it's got to go to a defenseman. Like, it's well, and, and I didn't look at penalty minutes either, right? Like a lot of times they'll look at how many penalty minutes they had, and yeah. Spurgeon only had six for a defenseman. Yeah, so, that's incredible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, when I first read this, I'm like, "Oh, they're throwing they're throwing Toronto a bone." <laughs> oh man, yeah, basically, Slavin only had two. Oh yeah, see, and he's been incredible this year. Yeah, like, he only he's had two a good penalty minutes defenseman. the entire season. Two penalty minutes the entire season, plus twenty two, fifteen points, fifty two games. Oh, wow. So how many penalty minutes did Matthews end up with? He's probably just a goon out there compared to these guys. Yeah, really? Uh, Austin. He had 10. Oh, yeah. He's a goon of the group. Yeah, they're just throwing yeah. Toronto a bone here. That's all they're doing. <laughs> might be hard to argue with Slavin there. I think that's that might be his to win. I think so. That's incredible. How do you how do you do that? Like, that's pretty good. I'd be curious to know if impressive. anyone's gone through an entire season without getting any penalties. But there's lots of people that have talked about how how great a, of a defenseman Slavin is, right? So it's yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, John, plus twenty two, and I, I know that's not a the end all be all for defensive stats, but mm-hmm. pretty good anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Let's. Uh, just recently here, it was announced that um, Evgeny Malkin under, underwent uh, right knee surgery and he's expected to, he won't be ready for the start of training camp. Um, so from a, a fan, through a fantasy lens, I, I won't be touching Evgeny Malkin next season. Um, you know, for me, I, I drafted him. I finally drafted him this year. I thought, you know what? He was kind of the best guy available at that point. And I took him. And he missed like the last third of the season and that hurt my team. I, I won't touch the guy with the 10 football again, just cause he he's either incredible when he plays or he's hurt and he's hurt frequently. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Are you going to risk taking Malkin next year in redraft leagues? The late round, late later rounds if he's still there, but not, not on the top ones. No. Yeah, I'm with Bruce on that one. If he's there late, then yeah. Um, as much as I like Gino, I was always that guy who always took him up high. But um, yeah, after this latest surgery, I just just can't. Much as it hurts well, I me just, to say it. I saw so many guys get burned right late in the season because Malkin's sitting on IR. And yep. once again, I was I was this time I was that guy in this season, and I just won't do it again next year. Um, kind of moving same same thought process here. Max Domi will miss up to six months uh, with with shoulder surgery. Um, not a big fantasy producer, but I did read that. So I mean, he had a down year himself, right? And so that probably makes a lot of sense now. I'm sure it was a nagging injury he dealt with all season. Hopefully, he comes back. That I mean, he could be a good bounce back candidate next year for redraft leagues. It all it all depends who's coaching that team. That, that's a valid point, but they don't have a lot of talent there either, right? So, oh, they have at least the talent. To, they've got Domi, Atkinson's lining, so they got one line at least. Yeah, if they but put Domi them all was playing on the line, fourth line, I think most of the season. But if he's nursing a if he's nursing a bad shoulder, you're not going to put him on your top line because that's that's what I mean, right? So shoulder, yeah. it's maybe Tortorella knew. You know what? This guy's getting surgery after the season. Let's keep him on the fourth line. Let's protect him a bit. And uh, he was a healthy scratch for a couple of games too at near the mm-hmm. end of the season. So, yeah. All right, more award stuff here. Um, the Selkie nominees were revealed. So it was Patrice Bergeron, uh, Barkoff, Alexander Barkoff, and Mark Stone. 
what do you guys think? I mean, Bergeron's there every year. I think I saw another post. He uh, is his 10th consecutive year with a nomination for the Selkie. For that reason, I just can't pick him to win it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's you got, totally you gotta fair. You got to move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I truthfully, I didn't look through the numbers. I didn't, I didn't dissect this one. I mean, Mark Stone to me is probably the guy that gets it this year, just based on the success of Vegas. Mm-hmm. I never saw any of the. I never saw Florida games. I never saw Bar. I have never really watched Barkov play. But like my pick, he's was, another one of those talent. Like he, he's a he's probably a top ten player, Bruce. Honestly, in my opinion, in the league. But he's he plays in Florida, and he's had some injury trouble the last few years. Yeah, but he had fifty eight points in fifty games this year. I don't know what his advanced metrics look like, plus minus or anything, but try and pull it up here quick. Well, they did say everyone that played with him uh, was a a victim of the Barkov effect, where all of their stats went up. So obviously, he's yeah. he's a player that makes everyone else around him better, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he was on a ninety-five point pace this season. Um, he was only a plus twelve, which again, not not the most important stat necessarily, but no. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I I like Barkov, but I I, I just don't see him winning that one this year. Um. No, not when you're going up against Bergeron and Stone, right? So, like, is it Bergeron's yeah. been here for how many years? And you just watch Stone play, right? Like, like just watching him back check, and he just lifts sticks and steals pucks. Like, it's just amazing watching him do that, right? And yeah, that's for a winger, that's impressive. Oh yeah, Very the media impressive. loves Mark Stone. Like, I, I'd yeah. be shocked actually if he didn't pull that one out this year. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I wanted to bring up this point. Bruce, you mentioned it earlier, like should Leon Dreisaitl have been nominated or, or considered for the Selkie this year, like based on his production. So the guy was second in league scoring. I think he was second in the league in plus minus. He plays PK power play. He, he plays in all situations. His, uh, his face-offs are, are phenomenal. Like I think he's at 55 or 56%. Like he's, he's high up yep. there for his draws. What do you guys think? Like, did he kind of get a snub this year? I think so. Like he's he's worked hard, and he said himself he's worked hard on his on his defensive game. Like in the first couple of years, he didn't back check a whole lot. Like it's, and now when you watch him play, he's back checking. He's he's there. He's hunting players. He's hunting pucks coming back. So I think he should have been in there. John, that I'm a little Euler biased as well. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, hang on, hang on. Before John, before you answer, yeah. I'm going to preface this by saying that. Although John is an Oilers fan, he is not the biggest Leon Dreisaitl fan. <laughs> not not shockingly at all, enough, actually. Okay, um, so so I'm just going to preface that your comments with that. So go ahead. Um, I think yeah, I think he should have got some consideration there just for the uh, for the statistics that he was putting up. It's not easy to do that, um, and he does work hard. I I'll say that, but. Um, Watching some of the plays that he's made in the defensive zone and in the offensive zone, really, too, then uh, I I don't know. It's just hard for me to get onto the uh, dry sidle hype train. That's fair enough. I, I'm i not saying he should have won it this year, but I, I do think there should have been some consideration. And maybe there was, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. the, vote, the voting will be public at some point, right? We'll kind of see who voted yeah. for what. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to look when you look at the numbers, like you said, it's, it's hard that he's not there, but okay. Um, moving on, Carey Price made 26 saves, as we said, um, the Habs are up three, nothing. I just wanted to mention he's got a 1.33 goals against average and a 954 save percentage through three games and an eight goals saved above expected. So He's been incredible. Just thought I'd mention it. We didn't talk about those stats earlier, so it's playoff carry price. And playoff carry that's, price. That's the the words out of my mouth right there. That's yeah. why he, that's why he has the ten point eight million dollar contract. It's mm-hmm. yeah. You know when he plays like this, it it makes it worth it, right? I oh absolutely. When, when he's regular season carry price and he has an eight eighty save percentage, you're kind of going, oh man, what are we doing here? But. Mm. If you get to the playoffs and he plays like that, it's okay, I guess. Well, and he's shown many times, right? He can 
he steps up for these big games, right? Yeah. And he just he just makes everything look so easy. Like when you watch him play net, it almost looks cavalier in the way he plays. He's just so composed and the way he just the way he moves, it just he makes it look like I could put on a pair of pads and go do that and there's no chance I can pull that off. <laughs> well, that's just the signs of a very good technical goaltender, right? When everything yeah. looks easy, he's always in position. And he's calm. Yeah. Like you yeah. don't you don't see him get exci- overexcited or anything like that. He's just cool as a cucumber back there and Yeah. Yeah, it's Um All right, so with that, let's move into the Vesna debate. Um yeah, this is the one I think uh, I thought this would be a fun one, John. You're a you're a flurry fan, obviously. Um, so yeah, I just thought let's get into it a bit. This is kind of an interesting topic. So the the nominees were Mark Andre Flurry from the Vegas Golden Knights, Philip Grubauer from the Colorado Avalanche, and Andre Vasilevsky from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Those are your three finalists. Um, I'm just going to rattle off some stats for each of these guys, and uh, and then we'll just talk about it. You guys kind of give me your picks for the for the award and we'll go from there. Um, so Mark Andre Fleury had a record of 26, 10 and 0, a 1.98 goals against average, 928 save percentage and six shutouts. Um, on average, he faced 27 point or 27 and a half shots a game at an average distance of 35 feet. Um, his percentage of shots considered high danger faced were 23%. Um, high danger save percentage was 779, which puts him in third. He had 17.9 goals saved above expected, which was third amongst goaltenders. And um, I'll skip this part here for now. Uh, Grubauer had a record of 39-1, 1.95 goals against average, and 9.22 save percentage. Seven shutouts faced an average of 24, almost 25 shots a game at a distance of 38.5 feet. Um, percentage of shots considered high danger, 20.8, and his high danger save percentage was 7.70, which was fifth. Um, he had a 5.2 goals saved above expected, which is 11th among all goaltenders. Vasilevsky, 32, 10 and one, 2.21 goals against average and 925 save percentage and five shutouts. Uh, he faced an average of almost 30 shots a game at a distance of 35.9 feet. Percentage of shots considered high danger was 22.2 high danger save percentage, 784, which was second and an 18.2 goal saved above expected. So he was second among all goaltenders. I'm just throwing a lot of numbers out there really quickly, but um, just some things to keep in mind when we're talking about this. So guys, the, the floor is yours. What do you think for you? Who's your best trophy winner this year and, and why? Um, for me, I have a, a little bit, by a little bit, I mean a lot of a bias on this one. Uh, Flurry <laughs> is, he's not my favorite goaltender of all time. Um, RDB will probably always hold that one. But uh, I know for people listening, they can't see this, but I'm actually going to hold up my photo album as a child. And I'm going to flip through this, see some lovely pictures of me way back in the day. And from 2000 and I want to say four, I have in my photo album. Oh, if I can find it now. A picture of Marc-Andre Fleury making a save on Glenn Murray way back in the day that has been there for the last 27 years nice. and it will probably stay there. Um, I pulled that out of the Star Phoenix back as like a 10 year old. And um, ever since then, he's just been, uh, he's been my close number two um, for this season. He's been playing fantastic. Um, put up solid, solid numbers. And just the fact that he hasn't won the Vesna before, I think he's got to be a lock for it. I think that'll play into it, John. I agree. I think they do look at that. If a guy, I mentioned the other day, there was one of the defensemen, I can't remember who it was, but he won the Norris for the first time. And that, and that was one of the, cause he had some stiff competition, but it seems to be, they, they kind of do give some consideration if you haven't won it before. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, to me, that would be really the ice, the icing on the cake for his uh, for his career there. He's got gold medals. He's got Stanley Cups. He's got really everything else that a player could want. Um, yeah. Just that individual achievement of the Vesna is just the one thing that's eluded him. 
And this year, he's been put up in incredible numbers. He's playing behind a solid team, too, but uh, he's yeah. definitely uh, played well. I should mention, too, um, so when I was talking about goals saved above expected, he was third, but really it should be Vasilevsky first and him second because the guy on top was actually Chris Drieger um, in Florida, but he didn't play a lot of games, right? Like the, it was a smaller sample size. So really your top two goalies in terms of goals saved above expected was, you know, Vasilevsky and Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, Fleury had some good numbers. Like I said, um, he was close to league leading in, in terms of shutouts and he did face of the three nominees he faced the most, the highest percentage of high danger shots and, and high danger being inside 15 feet. So the fact that he did that and he actually had close to a 780 save percentage in those situations. Um, yeah, he's, he's been incredible and I, he would get my vote, I think for the Vezina this year too. Bruce, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm in on the, I'm in on the Mark Andre Fleury uh, train as well. I just, the season he's put up and, Pretty much everything John said, except for I don't have the photo album picture. So, but. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I still yeah. had it, but I was pretty excited when I checked the other day and I looked and it was still there. Yeah, but you, you look at his age, his age, and what he's been able to do this year. Yeah, he's playing behind a really good team, but he, but even still, right? It's I, I, I even just the does. eye test, right? Yeah, like how how many ten bell saves does he make during the course of a game that just make you shake your head? Yeah. And there was a time too he had to carry Vegas, right? So Leonard got Leonard was hurt there for part of the season. So mm-hmm. there was a few times where he was playing back to backs and he just just played fantastic throughout the season, right? It just you Yeah. Well it's it's funny. So I look back at this. Um in our ESPN league, Bruce. So Robin Leonard was going at an ADP in drafts last year of forty three. Yeah. Forty three for Robin Leonard, which is kind of crazy, but you know what Flurry's was? Oh, was a lot worse. 121. Yeah, because I so, got him in one of the later. I picked him up in one of the later rounds. I picked up Leonard like really early and Flurry really, really late. You took Leonard 43rd. So you took him right at his ADP. And then, yeah, you, you grabbed because I think Flurry was there. I, I could have sniped him in like the 18th round or something, but I. Yeah. I, I didn't grab him because you already had Leonard, right? So. But I just wanted because this is a fantasy podcast, so I, I just a fantasy hockey podcast, so I just wanted to bring that up, right? Um, Grubauer, like to me, he's not even in this conversation, in my opinion. Um, his ADP was 68th for reference, and Vasilevsky was seventh, and uh, I took him ninth overall in our ESPN league last year. So I would expect probably. Flurry is going to be quite a bit higher next year. Like he, he probably will. His value is going to be way inflated, and he'll he'll be a bit of a risk because you'll probably end up yeah. taking him in the first three, four, or five rounds, right? Very possible. Yeah. So him him and Leonard could end up changing spots. Yeah. Yeah. Which is quite the difference from last year when they uh, <laughs> was that big controversy with him in that uh, photo on social media with the sword through mm-hmm. his back. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how things change so quick, but mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, there it is guys. Um, that's kind of the big debate. I mean, not, not a lot of controversy. We all took Mark Andre Fleury, but uh, he's just had an incredible year. So not much, not much to say. Um, with that, I guess we'll get into our last segment here. So we're going to some, some DFS picks for the, the upcoming week. Um, so the first guy I had here to talk about was Sebastian Ajo. Um, his his salary is at $7,000 right now. He's averaging 12.3 fantasy points per game. He's got 10 points, six goals, 35 shots on goal in nine playoff games. And he's at a 7.2 points per 60 pace, uh, which is fourth among all players in the playoffs currently. You know, to me, he's playing with, um, with Sveshnikov and Teravainen. And with that salary of just $7,000 and given his production, He's somebody that I'm looking at for DFS lineups. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, I'd say it's solid. Um, he's playing lights out right now, and with guys like that on his line, I don't see that slowing down either. Um, yeah, it's just money. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, he's been he's been the he's been the consistent consistent on the team, right? So he's been going. She tried going the one night point for point with Kucherov. That's uh, that's not an yep. easy thing to do, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's got yeah, that he's skill level. There, he's been their most consistent player so far. And he makes for a good stack too. If you wanted to stack him with uh, with Sveshnikov or Teravainen, like Teravainen's a bit cheaper. I think he's in that four thousand to forty five hundred dollar range, still yeah. producing. And Sveshnikov, I think, is a bit higher. He might be in the the five to fifty five hundred dollar range. So, a, a good stacking option there for DFS plays. Um, the next guy we've got here, Corey Perry, John's favorite. I know. But uh, at a salary of $2,800, he's averaging 5.4 fantasy points per game. Uh, actually, 9.32 over his past five playoff games. He scored a game-winning goal and the series-clinching goal against Toronto. Um, he's just been really good. I think, did he score again tonight? Yes, he did. So he's just been on a tear this year. Like, he's kind of... I've been really impressed with him. In terms of his production, anyway, he's a great yeah. he's a great value pick for a salary, right? So it's he's in there every he's in there in the mess there every night. So, yep. If his name wasn't Corey Perry, I'd be taking him. But <laughs> <laughs> if if you if you slapped any other last name on there, I'd be fine. But, Jeff but yeah, it, no, just, it just pains. <laughs> yeah, just it pains you. Me. You couldn't do it. Yeah, no, no, I know. But Corey but yeah, Perry, looking from Jeff the numbers Carter, he's doing, no. he's. He's Brian uh, Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, unlike Ryan Smith, Corey Perry is actually putting points on the board. Oh come yeah. on! <laughs> okay, but, we're not going to uh, get into that one. This year. Yeah, no. Corey Perry. Corey Perry's been playing great. Um, yeah, he he he's been a solid at twenty hundred dollars. He's definitely worth it. All right. Cool. Um, Maybe maybe you like this one a bit better, John. Anthony Sorelli from Tampa Bay. His uh, DraftKings salary is just $3,400. He's averaging 6.6 fantasy points per game. He's got good lineup placement as he is centering Alex Kalorn and Steven Stamkos, and I think he's getting time on the second power play unit. So uh, another good value play there, high-scoring offense. I mean, when you're playing with those two players, five-on-five, five, I think you're going to put up some points, right? <laughs> if you're not putting up points centering Steven Samkos, there's something wrong with you. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> oh, especially, is it between Samkos and Kalorn? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, if you're not putting up points between those two, you're not playing between those two. It's yeah. Yeah. You won't be there oh, long. Yeah. Nope, no, for sure. Okay. Um next one here we've got is Brandon Sod, another value play, right? His salary is only $3,100, but he's averaging something around 11 or 12 fantasy points per game um, over his last five games here. Playing in the second line with Tyson Jost and uh, I think Chushkin right now, like Kadri's out, right? So he's not playing. But uh, Saad actually, I think he scored again tonight. I think he was the yeah, goal, goal, goal scorer for, for the Avalanche. Yeah. Um, but he's got goals in six of his last seven games. Yeah, he's, he's inconsistent. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, For a salary, and that's, he, a great, that's a great play. Yeah, no, I know. I've actually been playing him the last couple weeks here. Just, I mean, at that salary, hard not to grab him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, I believe, a rest- or an unrestricted free agent this summer. I believe he is. Let's take a quick so, I mean, if I'm an Oilers fan, or if I if I'm Ken Holland, I'm I'm picking up the phone and I'm going to call Brandon Sod's agent and. See if I can get him in Edmonton. Uh, Brandon, yes, he is. Yeah, like that's a guy. He's uh, he's had a lot of success different places, right? Whether it's Colorado, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, he made one yeah. other stop too, I think, didn't he? He was in Columbus, wasn't he? he yeah, I think at one point. Yeah, yeah, because he was they traded from Panarin, uh, right? Panarin, yeah. yeah, yeah. Twice actually. Yeah. So. Good player, good salary. Um, take a look. Then the the last forward we've got here is Jonathan Marcheseau from Vegas. Um, a a little bit more expensive. Yep, yep. Uh, had a hat trick tonight. He's playing on a dangerous line, right? That Riley Smith, uh, William Carlson line. Like they've been together, I think, since the inception of that franchise. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, they they've looked really, really good here in the playoffs. 
you know, I, I would spend up for him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be afraid mm. to spend up for Marsh. So. Yep. No, me neither. Yeah. They, they got him classified as the, that classified that as the misfit line. And, uh, they're uh, definitely playing that part. They are being dangerous, uh, all over the ice and it's been really fun to watch. Absolutely. I, I'm just shocked at how like Vegas was so close to being down three, nothing in this series. Like, yeah. What was it? It was, was it eight minutes? I think there was eight minutes left in that game in yep. game three. And, uh, I think Marcia so and patch scored 45 seconds apart. Mm-hmm. And, um, they deserve to win that game too. So I'm not going to argue that one. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, no, they definitely deserve to win that game. Yeah. Yeah. So, nope. It's good to see. Um, should be a fun series. All right, defenseman. We've got. I've. I've only got one guy here. Uh, Victor Hedman, fifty six hundred dollars. He's averaging twelve point three four fantasy points per game over his last ten contests. Uh, he's had eleven points, twenty two shots on goal, and eighteen blocked shots. So, it, you know, it seems like a bit of a no brainer. But his salary is good. Um, the offense is ticking, and I would spend up for Victor Hedman as a, one of my defensemen. Mm-hmm. Yep. The only one thing concerning there is the zero goals, but it'll come. Yeah, I mean... He's never been he's a really big be... goal guy anyways. No. So I guess if you're looking for goals, the other play there is Dougie Hamilton. Like he, Well, not that he scored a lot, I don't think, recently, but he is a guy that's known for scoring goals. So um, I mean, that or Kale McCarr, right? That's another guy you can look at. Yeah. Or McAvoy, right? That's another guy that's... Uh, in DFS plays here is, is, is done yeah. well. Okay. Um, we, we've been talking about him all night. Might as well just finish off the show by, by talking about him again. Um, <laughs> carry, carry price to the Montreal Canadians, you know, his, his drafts King salary is only $7,800. He's averaging 21.62 fantasy points per game over his last four starts. And actually I don't think that includes tonight's game. So it's probably even higher than that. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about him at this point, but definitely spend up for Carey Price in DFS contests right now. Um, Absolutely. Playoff Carey Price. Against them. Yeah. For sure. Playoff Carey Price is definitely worth a $7,800 price tag. That's a no-brainer. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, guys, I think that's really all we've got for the show this week. Is there anything else you guys wanted to get off your chest, fantasy or hockey related? Not at the moment, but uh, the way Vegas is playing, I think Robin Leonard is going to have to keep buying hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, lost another one tonight. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a problem you don't mind having. I'm sure he's getting a, he's getting a discount from the souvenir store on hats. So. <laughs> I'm sure he knows a guy that can get him some hats at a good The place. guy Probably. makes millions, but he needs discounts on hats. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's, that's why you're still a millionaire, man. You get, that's right. You gotta be that's right. smart with your money. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it for this week, guys. Um, you know, for anyone listening out there, if you have questions or comments, uh, please let us know. Fantasyhockeyhacks at gmail.com. Um, you know, contact us on Instagram or, or Twitter um, or visit the website at fantasyhockeyhacks.com. And with that, uh, we will wrap up the show for this week. So Bruce, John, thanks guys. It's been fun as always. We'll, we'll talk more next week. Good night. Yeah. Good night. Thanks everyone. Take care.